Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, Sandy Max is here. So Brandon's got sports. Debbie's got roads. And Adam is producing the show this afternoon. Some stories that we're tracking early on this Friday. This is the three. At three on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Where do we start, Sandy? After yesterday's snowfall, you're going to want to make sure your car is parked on the proper side of Milwaukee streets tonight. You got that right. A snow emergency has been declared. That means alternate side parking is in effect. It begins at 10 o'clock tonight. So there's no parking on any of the main streets overnight tonight, beginning at 10 o'clock. Alternate side parking will be required on side streets beginning at 10 o'clock at night. So tonight, that means that you need to park your vehicle on odd number sides of the street. Tonight, beginning at 10 o'clock, odd number sites of the street. You're going to need to move it tomorrow. That means on Saturday nights, Saturday night, you need to park your car on the even side of the street. And if you don't, they're going to tow that bad boy because the plows have got to get through and clean things up. So, yes. Pay attention. February 17. It's an odd number, odd side. Good way to remember. Yes. Yep. What's next? A long-vacant former Air Force Reserve base at Mitchell International could see a redevelopment. Yeah, so this is where the 440th Airlift Wing used to be on the base there. That unit moved to North Carolina in 2007 during base closures. Well, they've got an almost 300,000-square-foot building out there, and now a Dallas company wants to build it out as a cargo hub. They say that it could lure tenants looking for options besides O'Hare, which is very expensive and more congested. The building has 74 docks, 99 trailer stalls, could open the second half of 2024. There is some environmental work that will need to be done out there for whoever ends up tapping into this bad boy, but this could be good news for the airport. And the third thing. You remember Bucks in Six. (laughs) Bucks in Six. It started as a quote by former Bucks player Brandon Jennings, and it turned into a rallying cry, especially during the championship. Well, now... It's the name of a lifestyle fashion space. Ooh, it is. It's exclusively <laughs> available through the Bucks Pro Shop. It will be coming up here in a few days. It will differentiate the team's merchandise line by offering new fashion-forward items. This is their language. Exclusive t-shirts celebrating the biggest buck moments and is the cornerstone of the apparel line. Limited edition collaborations with local, national, and international apparel brands. This is going to be pretty cool stuff. We've gotten a look at some of the clothing, and it is sweet. And on February 24th, that's one week from today. You'll be able to get it in the Bucks Pro Show. Yeah, and it's designed by a local designer. His name is Brema Brema. I just love that, that we're just uplifting all local. Yeah, and they're going to rotate local designers. So he's the one starting it. Then it's going to be a series of local designers. So that is something that is really, really cool. It is 313 at WTMJ. Governor's budget proposal is out. The legislature needs to be the ones to approve it. The Senate Majority Leader, Devin Lemihue, is with us up next live on WTMJ. (music) Governor Tony Evers has made his budget proposal, and it is just that, a proposal. Work needs to be done with the Republican legislature to uh, get something in play that will work for everyone. Devin Lemihue is the Senate Majority Leader, and he is with us on the WTMJ hotline. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on your show this afternoon. A lot in this budget, and most of it will change to some extent. Where's the common ground, Mr. Majority Leader? What What is the common ground when you see what's been laid out there? Uh, there really isn't a lot of common ground. I think we both 
the governor and the legislature both feel that we need to make investments in local government, uh, K-12 education, but just the massive size of all of these increases are uh, unsustainable and way out of line. We have a couple things we want to dive into with you, but I want to start with the one that everybody's been talking about all week because it got leaked out there before the address, and that was the money for the brewers, $290 million. Let me start with how important is it to you that the brewers stay in Wisconsin? I think it is important that the brewers stay in Wisconsin. Um, it makes Wisconsin, it puts Wisconsin on the map in you know one of the four major sports. Um, and so it's important to keep them here. They're a driving economic impact, uh, especially in the summer in southeast Wisconsin. So it's important to keep them. Uh, but we just need to make sure uh, what that number is, how we do it, if there needs to be investment from the city and the county and you know all the details like that. You know, at first I thought we had Speaker Voss on the show a few days ago, and I was, to be honest with you, kind of irritated because several times he said, you know, oh, I wasn't put in the loop and I wasn't let known. And then the more I thought about it, it is important that discussions take place before things get leaked to the public, because then maybe Republicans and Democrats can work together to craft something and work on something instead of being blindsided. How important is that part of the equation? No, I, I agree with the speaker. It definitely is important that we be kept in the loop ahead of time. Um, unfortunately, it seems like the entire budget um, contained a lot of uh, policy issues, poison pills and things like that. Um, but we've the speaker and I have already met with the governor twice and uh, we have a meeting uh, coming up in a couple of weeks that we're working on scheduling. So um, hopefully as we go through the budget process, we can actually find agreement in some areas that gives me hope. Because when you just said there is no common ground, I feel like there are core services that, that there is common ground to start those discussions. Uh, what uh, can you start a discussion on education? What, what's one of the first topics that you can find some progress on? I think we all understand that there's been inflationary pressures um, that you know local governments have faced that. K-12 education is facing, uh, but there, there needs to be, you know, realistic, sustainable investment, not over the top, you know, $2.6 billion, what the governor put in for K-12 education is, frankly, way over the top. Um, so hopefully, as we go through the process, um, we can hopefully come to some common ground with reasonable investments in local education, infrastructure, things like that. Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahieu is with us on WTMJ. So paid family leave is one of the things that the governor brought up. And all of the candidates who are Republicans for governor showed support for the idea. Tim Michaels pledged to sign a bill creating a program. Polling from Pew Research Center shows most Americans support it. Are you in favor of this sort of program? You know, that's just one of the many ideas that he proposed in the budget. We'll have to look at the fiscal impacts of it. I believe it's $240 million, which is a, it's a big price tag right now. Um, a lot of employers actually provide it already. So how that plays into effect, um, you know, it's essentially just another mandate on, on businesses um, where the governor is already proposing, you know, eliminating part of the manufacturing and agricultural tax credit um, on businesses. So, uh, we just need to be careful that we're not pricing businesses out of staying in Wisconsin and being uncompetitive with states around us. And uh, taxes are always a big issue. And one of the things in the governor's budget proposal is a 10% tax cut for people making less than $100,000. Or if you're married or a joint filer making $150,000 or less, that sounds good. How is that bad? 
especially when there's a surplus? Well, it's a tax credit, um, so it's not a reduction for all all uh, income taxpayers, and it doesn't help businesses, the main street businesses that have pass-throughs. That you know, if I own a small company with you know ten to fifty employees, I don't get that uh, as if I'm an LLC receiving income as that business owner. Um, so we need to provide tax relief for all Wisconsinites, not just a hand-picked few, and make sure it's meaningful. Um, his tax cut plan, I believe, works out to maybe a couple hundred bucks um, at the most for income taxpayers in that range. Families are struggling with inflation. We need we have an opportunity with a historic um, surplus going into this budget to provide meaningful tax relief. I guess how I feel about it is that's my money that you guys already have, and I would like everybody to get the tax break. I, why are we saying that? You know, if you're if you make a hundred thousand dollars, you don't get the tax break. I mean, those people also t- pay taxes. Can you have that discussion with the governor, or are you locked in one way and he's locked in that only the poorest of the poor should get the tax break? I, I just don't understand how everybody doesn't get relief. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. That's why I introduced the flat tax plan here about a month ago um, to cut all tax rates in Wisconsin. States are neighboring states. Michigan has a flat tax. Illinois has a flat tax. Iowa is moving towards a flat tax, and we need to provide. We're we're competing with the states around us. As a result of the pandemic, many people are now allowed to work remotely. They can be very mobile. And we can't have a punitive tax structure like we currently have. We have an opportunity to reform it and provide tax relief for all Wisconsinites. We talk about small businesses, and I feel like there's a big discussion about how legalizing recreational marijuana and medical marijuana can be an inroad for more small businesses is that going to be up for discussion? Is that is there is there a possibility for movement on that subject? I think for medical marijuana, we've had discussions in our own caucus. It's not an item we'll put in the budget uh, because that would leave it open to the line item veto uh, power by the governor. Um, so he could dramatically change whatever program we work out. Um, but, you know, there's there, there will be a bill introduced, I'm guessing, um, in, in the near future. Um, there are senators and representatives sort of working on the idea of trying to find a way um, that it's it's well regulated and um, there there is a potential there for recreational or for medical marijuana. Mr. Majority Leader, I guess one of the things that I don't quite understand, you can help me understand better, is there are things in this budget that aren't even tied directly to a financial implication or an allocation. They're like policy issues. Does that stuff belong in a budget proposal? It doesn't, but that's what the governor's done in his last two budgets, so we were fully expecting it. Uh, the first thing the Finance Committee will do um, when they start deliberating on the budget in in a month or so is strip out all the policy items that have no no economic impact um yeah it's it's frustrating once again that the governor put in all kinds of poison pills or his liberal wish list whatever you want to call it um i I guess he does that to get his base excited about it but it's definitely not helpful in the long run I want to ask you about something that I think everybody in the state's talking about, and that is Aaron Rodgers is sitting in a dark room, or will be soon, doing whatever weird things he's doing in there with the, this little slot in the ground. Uh, Devin Lemahue, Aaron Rodgers, back next year or not? Which would you prefer? Um, well, I don't, 
I think he's going to be playing somewhere next year. Um, <laughs> Would you like him to be playing in Green Bay? If the Packers can get weapons enough around him that he can be effective, maybe a good tight end or another strong wide receiver, I would love to have another shot at a Super Bowl run with Aaron Rodgers. I think you just made a bipartisan proposal. I think we could all get behind that. Thank you so much for being with us. You're a busy guy, and we sure appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. List is out of the Wisconsin deadliest roads, and uh, many of them are in the Milwaukee area, unfortunately. We all know reckless driving is a real thing. We all know that it's very, 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 very dangerous. A study by San Diego-based I.21 looked at the deadliest roads for drivers in our state. It looked at crashes from 2000 to 2019, the last year. Full data is available, naming nine roads as the deadliest in our state. Uh, Sandy and I have the list in front of us. And of the nine roads, the top two are in Milwaukee. And five of the nine are in Milwaukee. And probably not a huge surprise what those dangerous streets are. One of them's Capitol Drive, which I used to drive every single day going into work at the old station. Capitol Drive between Mayfair, that's out near Tosa, all the way to Hopkins, which is about a mile from the border with Shorewood. That stretch of Capitol Drive is the most deadly road in the state of Wisconsin. And really just round it up, it's from 43 over to 41, just completely east and west that direction yeah that's the deadliest second deadliest stretch in the entire state is on the south side national avenue between first street and 76th and that surprised me because i'll take national to american family field as kind of like a back route like i don't i don't feel that there's as much lunacy and recklessness that that goes on on national yeah i would agree but but there it is it's your second deadliest stretch third is i-94 Basically, between the Marquette and the Zoo Interchange, I-94, that stretch, uh, which has had a lot of issues and they're trying to solve, uh, that is a deadly stretch. And that's also right there where it's being analyzed what to do with it. Right, right Six near the stadium. Six to eight lanes, yeah. Yeah. Also in Milwaukee, Green Bay Avenue. Um, this is in that same area as the Capitol Drive. As a matter of fact, Green Bay Avenue from Capitol to Pierce Street, sixth most dangerous stretch of road. And also in the top 10 is 175, that's Appleton Avenue, uh, through the heart of the inner city, from Center Street to Bobble Link, also on the list. TMJ4 has this incredible thing that they are looking at. It's their I-Team investigation into reckless driving. And I'll tell you what, if you really want to get some perspective on what's happening on our roads and some perspective on what legislators are trying to do and some hardcore data as well as solution-driven research... Go to their website, tmj4.com, and you can check out their special project because there's a lot of information on there. tmj4.com. And uh, we're actually going to be working with them in the future coming up here where you'll have some of their reporters on our shows to discuss this. Um, Scary numbers, but it's important to know where we're most directly impacted. Because this information, although it's preliminary and not absolutely conclusive, it does help urban planners. It helps the mayor working with the state to try to find solutions as opposed to just, okay, flying blind and trying to make random improvements or assessments. And I would think that because I-94 itself is obviously an expressway, uh, and some of that, as we talk about improvements... That one exit to go to the ballpark. It's on the left. And then, wait, I'm going to exit on the right. That's where I got in the accident. 
That, right. That's where my car was totaled, that one exit where you go to the left. So some of that is that simply signage. And then when you're talking about National Avenue and Capitol, is that red light management, whether it's cameras or flashing, or is it, oh, let's go, let's go really wild and go, is it roundabouts? You know, but <laughs> you know what I mean, though. It's like these are those areas where it spotlights where solutions need to be explored and examined or this it's not going to improve yeah up next the highest paid entertainers might be some surprises on this list for you that's up next on wtmj welcome back my friends to the show that never ends we're so glad you could attend come inside come inside there behind the glass there's a real blade of grass News Radio 620 WTMJ. I'm Sandy Max with John Mercure. Brandon Snide in on sports today. Adam Roberts producing. And we're going to have some fun. Who are the world's highest paid entertainers? Ooh. According to Forbes okay. magazine. So this is a credible source yeah. and how they do their math and who worked hard. and Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty much going to guarantee you that none of you know the number one, the the most All right. the highest paid entertainer. It surprised me. That's Do we why get a I hint? Do we get a hint? Um, a trio. Okay. Huh. I got a guess. Go but, for it. Do you want me to guess? Uh, or should we go through the other ones first? Let's, should you write it down on a piece of paper and do the reveal? I'm kidding. So first of all, let's go ten nine eight. So uh, number ten, this fella is your number ten highest paid entertainer. Eighty-eight million dollars. Puerto Rican rapper Bad Bunny. Okay. $400 million worth of tickets to his two tours. He opened the Grammys, didn't he? I think so. He won a few of them, too. Yeah. And he's been on uh, Saturday Night Live. So, uh, But keep in mind, his second tour was so huge. 35 to 40 trucks to cart gear around. Whoa. And a 747 wow. cargo jet to get everything around in Latin wow. America. You know, before the Grammys, my kids had to tell me. Who, that who was. Bad Bunny was? Yeah, I, did, I didn't yeah, know. I didn't it's know understandable. So he's number 10. Number nine on your highest paid entertainers list is... She's only number nine, Taylor Swift. Oh, I love her music. I would have thought she would have been higher up there. Above her, James Cameron, thanks oh. to Avatar, The Way of Water. Okay. Yep, that director. And uh, he did a deal with Netflix that uh, got him at least $95 million. Yeah, that's a nice paycheck. Here is the band I would have thought would have been higher. The Rolling Stones are in at number seven. See, I don't think of them as even doing anything anymore. Well, they get eight and a half million bucks a night when they're on tour. Do they still tour? Yeah. Do they do that in their rocking chairs? No, or do they, they don't need to. Use their walkers. Do not mock Mick Jagger. He had a heart attack and was back out on the road How within the six weeks. Keith... Keith Richards is indestructible. Oh, come on now. They're great. Uh, then you've got Brad Pitt in at number six with $100 bucks because he sold part of his Plan B production company. So he made a, made a chunk of change that way. And then he's also been in three pretty big films, Bullet Train, Babylon, yep. and The Lost yep. City. At number five, if you're a Simpsons fan, James L. Brooks and Matt Groening... Oh, my gosh. Really? They're still making episodes. Wow, really? All 30 seasons are yeah. now available on Disney+. Plus. And oh. I think they just signed for more. Yep. Correct? Yeah. Yep. So they just sold all their stuff to Disney, and is that how they made a lot of their money? Yep. So uh, I've never seen an episode of The Simpsons. <gasps> oh, you're missing out. Yeah. yeah. I'm not anti-Simpsons. I just never have. You can catch up. You can find it pretty <laughs> much on FX, any channel, and now on Disney+. Plus. So you, you can catch Disney up on Plus that. And caught up. Uh, have you ever watched an episode of South Park? No, I, I don't. No, I, I don't, haven't. I haven't either. I don't watch the animated either. stuff. Yeah. Well, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who created South Park, 
They are at number four on the world's highest paid entertainers, and they also created Book of Mormon. The musical? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize yes. that. Yes. So that's part of so what you're hearing So they're doing pretty good, is what you're They're saying. doing fine. They just signed a Paramount deal worth over $935 million over six Whoa. years. Yeah. Tyler Perry in at number three. He's obviously got the uh, acting and directing thing, but yeah. he's also a writer. He's got the whole studio space. Medea, in... like the whole lot. Medea. <laughs> yeah. Medea goes to yeah. spring training. It's Is hilarious. that going to happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your top two are yes. music, musical performers. Beyonce. You're, you're get, no. Jay-Z. No. See, I was going to go. That was going to be my next one, John. Yeah, am I what it was going to be Beyonce? Shocking it's not Beyonce. Number she two. just paid like $24 million to perform. Are these perform current or are they older singers? Uh, they are older. Really? Number okay. two, 17 Grammys. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Sting. Yes. Wow. Because really? he sold all of his music rights, solo work, and to the police. This song you're hearing right now, Every Breath You Take, the hugest song in 1984, and spawned other samples so i mean, like believe me that's a lot of money there and he sold it for 300 million dollars cashing in okay so, so he's number, number two one, you said right yes it's yeah. a trio a trio of musicians are the highest the world's highest paid the jonas brothers no that would a great guess so justin bieber just sold his music yeah, he's not even on the list but what did he sell it in january is this is this for 2022 this, i'm assuming right 2022 yeah so I, yeah then my guess is i have no idea uh, the band perry <laughs> no wow oh my goodness that's a reach <laughs> aaron Rodgers after he opts in for 2023 yeah no that would Rogers not be the, he needs the a dark, trio guys. is that uh aaron and christian or who, who's his trio uh rogers and the weirdos that would be the trio oh my gosh and all right number one number one yeah. highest paid entertainers that? in the world in 2022 this trio what genesis. genesis how they sold their music rights oh i see a trend okay. here as yeah, genesis yeah. and then also individually phil collins and his yeah. amazing solo work well and then tony banks. Stuff too? yep tony banks and mike rutherford so oh all gosh. three of them what's interesting though they could have made even more money if they'd included when peter gabriel was in genesis that wasn't that included? was not included so those are your highest paid entertainers no paul mccartney on that list no yeah, Elvis. Yeah, you're right. Elvis Estate not on that list. So I, I and no Beyonce to your point. And did Elvis's estate get paid for the movie? They had to have, right? They must have. They had to have. Because they well, I'm shocked he's not. Because Baz Luhrmann, remember the director of Elvis, which is Oscar nominated, mm-hmm. like Priscilla Presley hadn't even seen the film. She wasn't gonna. And you know then he won we, her over. You probably interviewed this guy because you do a lot of music stuff. Uh, Daryl Sturmer. Genesis He's, guy yes. in Milwaukee. Well, I wonder if he gets a, he must have got paid, a little right? chunk of that. I mean, he was part of Genesis. Yeah. We should, yeah. We'll have to look into that. We we'll have to give him a call. Uh, yeah, we got to get Sturmer on the that show. That would be great. Yeah, he's probably laying on a beach right now drinking gold-flaked <laughs> umbrella gold drinks. Gold-schlager? Is that yeah. what you... <laughs> That's a fun list. Very surprising. That's there why, are That's some, what yeah. piqued my interest. I was very huh. surprised by that. And I'm a big police fan, and I, yeah. I was surprised by that as well. A lot hmm. more mus- musicians than I would have guessed. Yes. Yeah, for sure. In the top ten. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah it seems like in the past it would be Johnny Depp. Right. It would be people like that. Right. Oh. And uh, and a lot of people on there, while Trey Parker and uh, or is it Trey Parker, Matt Parker and Trey Stone, uh, the Simpsons creators, they're still creating as is James Cameron. But a lot of those people cashed out, either sold their production yeah, right. company or sold their yeah. their artwork. All right. Thanks, Andy. Cha ching. Hey, the Outer Flight Gala is coming up. This is our second gala. 
And it's a great, great night. It's great food, great music, emotional stories. Veterans are there. Help us celebrate and heal Southeast Wisconsin's oldest veterans. Tickets are still available. They're selling really good, but I'd love you to have the chance. It's on March 18th. Go to starsandstripeshonorflight.org for tickets. Starsandstripeshonorflight.org. Please get your tickets. I'm going to MC it. We're going to talk to a lot of veterans that night. It's a really, really special night. And if you're a Vietnam vet or loved one, We're taking applications for them to get on a flight, and the list is shorter than it has been in the past. So get your Vietnam veteran to fly with us to Washington, D.C. They deserve to be recognized. StarsAndStripesHonorFlight.org. The application's there. StarsAndStripesHonorFlight.org.